Greetings Boob listeners and welcome to the latest edition of Best of Worst of British, the podcast where a yet-to-be-determined number of hosts discuss a movie that came out from the British Isles in some way, shape or form that at least we had to take partial responsibility for, like most catastrophes in the world, and discuss it, analyse it, assess it, see if it's worthy of the reputation it has, or if maybe a reappraisal and a reevaluation is required. For this episode, we will be discussing the 2005 Rags to Riches sports story that is GOAL! Goal! In the city of dreams. Santiago, what are you doing? Santiago Munez had a day job and a night job. Hey, boss, I've been at Bosboy now for six months. Why can't I be a waiter? This Chinese restaurant. You're not Chinese. Quiet! But every other moment, he lived for the game. He's quite a player. What's your name, son? Santiago Munoz. If you get yourself to England, Newcastle United will give you a trial. That's a big club. Very big club. It's okay to have dreams, son, but people like us have to work for a living. There's always plan B. We win the lottery. Now, for his family... You deserve this chance, Santiago. He'll pursue a dream 6,000 miles from home. I have a tryout for Newcastle United. You want to lay off the black button? What is it exactly? You don't want to know. This spring, he's jet-lagged, nervous. He's never seen mud before. Maybe you don't have the stamina for the English game. Adios, there you go. I'll be better tomorrow, I promise. It's not going to be a tomorrow, Santiago. He's grown up in poverty and hardship, and his only way out is his skill with the ball. Monez, just wanted to see what it felt like to be in this field. You think you deserve it? I know I do. From Touchstone Pictures. It is now quite a day for this young man. One man's extraordinary journey. That's my son. That's my boy, Santiago is about to begin. Kuno Becker. Goal. The dream begins this spring. You have to yell it because Go! it had an exclamation mark in the top. Oh, okay. Oh, fair. So Go! Go! <laughs> <laughs> It's alternative, it's alternative title, I believe, is Goal Living the Dream. We've got our final team selection decided now. Injuries <laughs> and withdrawals have been added to, had to be taken into account. We weren't able to get Trevor Sinclair in at the last minute to cover for it. He's already flown off on his holidays. Yeah, Danny Mills was up for it. Yeah. Um... <laughs> but even we had to turn down Danny Mills. <laughs> And by we, I mean I'm your co-host, Lorcan Mullen. Well, I'm the host for this episode. I'll be guiding through the narrative. Uh, unfortunately, Tom will not be with us today because he has to have a life. And... You know, he's very much the uh, Matt Letizia. Um... 
<laughs> he's sort of the glamour play, you know. But uh, Are the, you the management he's... don't the management don't trust him, so he never makes it into a full English England team. Is he going to ring in at the <laughs> last minute and tell a cracker of a joke that, that saves it for us? Yeah, 89 minutes of nothing, and then he scores a fantastic, yeah. <laughs> and, goal. And who is this other voice that's offering his opinions and football-based banter? I am super sub Michael Bell. <laughs> it's funny because this is the second football-based movie we've got, or football-related movie, but football tangential at the very least movie that we've covered so far. And the previous one that we did, Final Score, I think is the only one before this where oh, it's yeah. just been two of us. With the two of us in that instance being myself and Tom. That was Final Score with Dave Batista. I don't know what it is about football-based movies that... Uh, brings us down to two-thirds capacity uh, uh were we just recording them in the height of the summer <laughs> that might but why, i think your one was due to the trains wasn't it you had like a th- yeah there was something yeah the trains were cancelled or delayed or something yeah, yeah. yeah. back yeah, in the no, days no. of us doing these recordings face to face yeah back in the back in the days where i went on trains yeah spittle <laughs> flying in the air all around the place <laughs> So, Mike, you're more of a football fan, certainly, than you are a movie fan. Absolutely. So this might be more of interest to you than most of the stuff we usually cover. Mm. So, had you heard of this film? This film had a bit of a reputation uh, when it was released. It it seems to be the most high-profile attempt at, like, a a football-based blockbuster movie, a soccer you know, we've got so many great sports movies for baseball, basketball. Uh, boxing's probably the best sport on for, for cinema. Even some good and, tennis And Cool Runnings, which is the best sporting film ever. Yes, so. that too. Of, of course. course, yeah. This was an attempt to make a big blockbuster film for mm. the world's most popular sport. And I think you can see in this film why football's such a difficult sport to characterise in the movies. We'll get into it more as time goes on. But I mean, it was it had a whole trilogy planned out and everything, and the guy who wrote it, although it's funny, he doesn't have the screenwriting credit in the film itself. It goes to uh, Dick Clement and Lee, Ian Lafrenet, or, or I can't, I might have got their names the wrong way around. Who, ah, those do those guys, yeah, 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 who've written, you know, who wrote uh, Porridge and loads of other things. Like that, Dick Clement and Ian Lafrenet. Yeah, I have no idea. It's not. It, yeah, there's no point trying to sell it. I've got no idea. Yeah, <laughs> but he kept going and wrote the sequels, and now he 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 was the guy that the papers were all talking about because he was trying to get a biopic of Jamie Vardy off the ground. With, oh, he's that dude. Oh, okay, yeah, with Zac Efron playing Jamie Vardy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The thought of Jamie Vardy going to into a song and dance number during the film is quite, <laughs> quite something. So let's get into the storyline for Goal! 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 <laughs> if, if it's got an... <laughs> there, you don't get enough films with punctuation in the title, do you? Really? Uh, Who no, Framed Roger um... Rabbit, I suppose, is one. <laughs> well, let's just say what it is. It's, it's Rocky, but football. Yeah, it's well. That's the thing. It doesn't distinguish itself in its footballness. It's like insert the sport of, as required. Really, there's re- you can sum up the film in about a minute and a half. It's just a boy growing up poor mm. goes play football, does well, well yeah. done, clap clap clap. Hey, that's, I've that's written all this down, Mike. <laughs> this, so yeah, this is a film that 
because they always think, how do we give it worldwide appeal so they have it be about an American, well, a Mexican-American, because the film mm. opens with a, a young boy playing keepy-uppy in slow motion, and his name is Santiago, Santiago Munez, who is on the, he's about to cross the border with his family to start a new life in America. The border looking suspiciously like a field somewhere in northern England. But if you light it right and put enough barbed wire on a fence, then maybe it can pass for <laughs> the uh, US-Mexico border. Terrifying and then, go! <laughs> he's, he's the best at football in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Given this guy doesn't seem to know anything about walls, uh, I do wonder how he would have coped with <laughs> any kind of proper <laughs> wall in this film. But we'll get to that bugbear of mine uh, as we go on. So we're in L.A. ten years later. This eight-year-old boy has somehow turned into a 28-year-old man, but he's 18 for the purposes of this film. There was a lot of that in the film. Like, uh, Spoiler alert, he ends up signing for Newcastle. Um, But their big money striker was about 45. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And they kept saying he's 28. He's like, no. (laughs) he's 45 (laughs) so yeah Santiago is doing the rough work of uh, a labourer with his father Mm -hmm. the very stern father who doesn't want him to have any dreams or hopes whatsoever really glad you took me to America where no one bases their entire life around hopes and dreams whatsoever (laughs) no son of mine will be a dancer sorry a footballer (laughs) god damn it I thought we did find and replace on all of these he misspelled dancer. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> so Santiago, after his day working as a pool cleaner, he goes on to what he really loves to do, which is a football game. Well, yeah, he's late to arrive, and then the referee tells him he can't go on the pitch without shin pads. I, he, he could have done the Jack Grealish defense. If I have got shin pads on, you just can't see them. He makes up for it by getting bits of card and putting them under his socks so... That is a hard grafting man. And so he gets on the pitch and like Maradona in 1986, he runs past everyone to score a goal. The one thing that really bothered me throughout the whole of this movie, and I bet it really bothered all of his teammates. Every time he scores, mm. he immediately runs into the net and picks up the ball and put <laughs> to bring it to the halfway yes. line. Yes. <laughs> Every time. We're 1-0 up with two minutes to go, Santiago. What are you doing? <laughs> So it turns out that his father wants to buy a truck, but it's too expensive. And Santiago turns up, to, goes to his night job as a waiter in a Chinese restaurant. He's told he can't work on the front. Yeah, for that one scene, he was yeah. only there. There was like, yeah, he's a waiter as well. Why? I, I well, it's know. all it's all that you know. It's it's your typical. It's the rags. He's got to be the raggiest rags we can. But he wasn't. Rag it wasn't referred to ever again. It was no. just because he was labour the rest of the time. Well, no, we need. We do see him one more time when he needs to raise funds. Stannis Baratheon. Or uh, uh, what's his what's his character's name in this film? It's I don't the dad. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Stephen Delane playing Glenn Foy. A man oh, from, sorry. Yeah. I thought yeah. Scotland. Turns out he's from Gateshead. Uh, I like that. The idea that like someone's accents are always like fifty miles off, one way or the other. He's like, no, you're doing Geordie. Hey, oh, right then, I'm from Newcastle. No, that's Yorkshire. <laughs> Or I do you Yorkshire. All right, I'm mad for it. I am. I'm from Leeds. No, no, no. It's our next accent. Try, try the next one. All right, dear. <laughs> I'm you going. My name's Noel Gallagher. 
But yeah, that is uh, Glenn Foy, who's in Los Angeles, grandkid playing football. And what I do love, actually, is that the, the four or five-year-olds out there on the pitch kicking the ball around each other is the most realistic depiction of football in this entire film, <laughs> really. Uh, but it turns out he's a former player and scout, and he spots uh, Santiago playing on the other pitch. He tries to convince him to play for them, and Santiago is not buying it. He's in a pool. He's playing a pool game in a bar. And this is the part that really bothered me. He hits the yellow ball with his cue. That's not pool. What? <laughs> <laughs> what hell sort of movie is this? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Glenn Foy's on the phone with his, with the eight, with an agent, a fancy agent played by Sean Pertwee. Mm-hmm. And he said the last player to dazzle him like this was Jermaine Defoe. I like how yeah. specific that is. It's like... That's one for the actual football fans in the crowd. Yeah, I've got to say, <laughs> and, and from a football perspective, very different players. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jermaine Defoe, great player, but mm. he scored a lot of goals, but he wasn't fancy. And this, this whole, um, yeah, this he Santiago's also... entire game is all about doing fancy skills. But when he cut it up north, oh yeah. no, what's going on? And Jermaine Defoe also knows not to pick a ball out of the net after he scored yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> They'll kick it back. <laughs> <laughs> but here's where we find out Santiago's weakness as well, though, Michael. He yes. has asthma. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. But Glenn Foy, uh, Stanis Baratheon, is still keen on him. And, get, and even though the agent blows him off, he gets in touch with the manager of Newcastle United, who yes. fired him after taking over as a, when he was a scout for the club. And he's promised to give it, he promises to give Santiago a chance because someone called him at three thirty in the morning. Mm-hmm. If any of the people I called at three thirty in the morning had given me what I'd asked for, then <laughs> a lot of people would have had a lot more sleep by now. That's all I've got to say. Yeah, that's not a, that's not a way of conducting business. <laughs> yeah. So so Stannis meets Santiago, and <laughs> he says, "I've got you a trial." And he and Santiago goes, "For who?" And he says. Newcastle United. Santiago goes, that's a big club. Stanley says, it's a very big club. Santiago's eyes say, is it? (laughs) (laughs) And he'd be right to say that. He would be. (laughs) It's it's a good choice of a club, though. It's the sort of club that Massive ground. Yeah, 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 impressive ground. Cheap Cheap to film in. (laughs) Need the publicity. (laughs) Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. But it also, I suppose it is meant to be like... It's it's the continuation of rags to riches. So I suppose, you know, what low what's low status in this film for the next film when he goes to Real Madrid to give that away. You know, spoilers. You need low status yeah. there, which uh, is uh, Newcastle United. And also, I mean, this was around the time. Well, Graham Souness is in charge of Newcastle United at this point when they were filming it. Hmm. And Graham Souness famously did bring some kid onto the pitch. On the word of a, a talent scout. Oh no! On the word of a George Ware impersonator. Uh, I think okay. it was. Do you remember that? I remember Harry Redknapp had someone at West Ham. Who um, he got a phone call claiming to be like Roberto Baggio or something, <laughs> <laughs> saying, "Oh yeah, this kid's this kid's in London. He's good." And he's like, "Yep, fine. That's good enough for me." I think he played him for fifteen minutes and then took him off. <laughs> That's definitely what Graham Souness did. I don't know if it's what. Oh, Graham... okay. I don't think Harry yeah. Redknapp did it in a league game at the very least, which oh, is what okay. Souness managed to do. Yeah. 
So it's oh, like it's, it was at Southampton, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah it would have been. South, it's definitely Southampton. It's Southampton or Sunderland, and I don't remember him ever managing Sunderland. Oh, okay. So Santiago retreats his boot money, by which I mean the money that he keeps in various socks and boots, his, mm-hmm. his feet money, I suppose. Best place, best place for it. Yeah, yeah, for a flight to London, but he's four hundred dollars shy. So we then see a, a working montage of him trying to earn money, and that's the only other time we see him at that Chinese restaurant. Oh, okay. Because he bets the chefs that he can get a ball in a bin from a certain distance. He's, yes. You know, the, the Socrayam crossbar challenge, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then, shocker, his father steals the $1,200 of that money to pay towards the truck that he's wanted to buy. So he can get at, himself a trade, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. You say... In Mexico, I work in construction, and at night I was cleaning a brothel. You had a night job at a brothel? What I got up to at night time was my own business. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we find out that their mother left them. It's, it's, it's a weirdly recurring theme of absent women <laughs> in mm. this film. So then we get a, a montage of Newcastle United, the club and its glories. You've got images of Kevin Keegan and others. I was I was disappointed that we didn't see the classic photo of Gaza getting his nuts grabbed by uh, Vinnie Jones. <laughs> when I think Newcastle United images, that's the first one that springs to my mind. <laughs> but it's a press conference for Newcastle's latest signing, Gavin... What's his surname? Harris or something. Gavin Harris. Yeah. Who, I will say... I found out after the fact is an American. Oh really? He did good work. I didn't know. I assumed uh, okay. that he was English from the accent and everything. I don't know if they dubbed him, but mm, I thought he possibly. did a very good job of, of fitting in. Like you say, he's not he's not necessarily the the level of um, physical fitness, but he certainly has the airs of a, of a mid noughties English footballer mm. who thinks he's hot shit and the good times will never end. <laughs> he's got a vague like the the people that thought they were Beckham but were that thought they were David Beckham but were actually David Bentley. Well, this is what I thought. Football. Yeah, it was very, yeah. This is what I thought was a bit weird because it's 2005, 2006 or so. Probably um, a couple of years before then because the film came out in 05. So, oh, okay. Yeah. But the way they're portraying the players, like heavy drinking and going out and turning up for training hungover, it's like it's in the 70s. It's like, no, that's 2005. Like, Yeah, I think nutritionists were in at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, and, uh, yeah, like... Well, that's the thing. Like, they like, do a proper medical. I mean, this is skipping ahead a little bit, but yeah. like, they, they no, they're like, <laughs> this is like football from the sixties, is how it's written. It's really, really odd. <laughs> the reserve team seems to be a reserve team from the sixties or seventies as well, yeah. but we'll yeah. get to them in a minute. But uh, yeah, I was just thinking later on at one point when he's in the flat, she says, uh, uh, "Take away pizzas and women's knickers." And I was like, "Wow, I'm halfway towards being a professional athlete <laughs> in this world." <laughs> I won't say which half. <laughs> it's the pizzas. <laughs> sure. <laughs> hey, it's a comfort thing. Okay? It's fine. <laughs> it's absolutely fine. You can wear what you want. But, but we are told in this uh, in the press conference that they are aiming for top four finish, Champions League play. Well, I don't know if top four in 05 would get you into the Champions League. Or yeah, I think it would have done. Might have done. It probably was mm. around then that it had turned into the farce that it was that it is now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll say that until Aston Villa finish fourth on the season, and then I'll, I'll completely have changed my mind. Uh, I was thinking actually, Aston Villa would have been another decent club to have to have used for this sort of role, maybe in another world. Maybe that's where they would have gone with, or a, you know, like a Leeds United and Everton. But they do say mm. actually, when he's getting dropped off, and one of the reasons why Newcastle was a good choice was the fact that Newcastle's maybe the, the biggest city with just one club, essentially. 
I'm trying to think of any yeah, other ones. Fair. I mean, even Bristol somehow manages to have two clubs, even though <laughs> <laughs> neither of them have ever made it to the Premiership. That must be annoying. And you know that people outside of Bristol are saying, why don't you two just merge? And to them, it'd be like, that'd be like t- asking me to form an alliance with Hitler okay, in the Bristol accent. So it's slightly less scary. <laughs> Uh, maybe they maybe they've done that, um, but because they've got Bristol accents, no one can take them seriously. Like they've had meetings about merging. Like, Listen you, to this one, eh? What do you want to do? You want to conglomerate ourselves into one entity? <laughs> and it's I can't like, understand a word you're saying. Yeah, like some CEO or some you know from London. What? What? <laughs> What what are you saying? Get I don't back on your. I don't understand the proposition. Get back on your combine harvester. <laughs> We don't have to listen to this crap. Come here. Where are we going to go? We're going to get a drink at Harvester. <laughs> I do love the Banksy's from Bristol. Have you ever seen the, the documentary Exit Through the Gift Shop? The ban- yeah, 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 yeah. Really, yeah. really good film. Yeah. And it might not actually be Banksy in the film, but when you do see Banksy, you know, the, the most mm. revered artist in the world, whether rightly or wrongly, he's the most famous artist living right now, I suppose. But he's like, right there, I'm Banksy. I, I do art, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so granny gets him tickets to mexico city and then from there he can take a santiago can take a flight to london he reaches london you know it's london and to be honest it is a good representation of london because in the checkout queue there's a guy behind him in a massive sombrero <laughs> <laughs> might as well have had a flare off his ass as well for the... <laughs> England. <laughs> So he takes us uh, a train to Newcastle, and this is where we get sweeping shots of the Newcastle skyline. And by sweeping, Look good. I mean Look nice. One yeah, as long as they can uh, get the shots. as long as they can get the bridge in there. That's course, that's the key. Yeah. How many shots we got? Five. Okay, four with the bridge. No, but to be fair, actually, <laughs> Newcastle is. I'm, I've never stayed in Newcastle or spent the day in Newcastle, but every mm. time I go up to Edinburgh and down from the Fringe, very often I do have to go through Newcastle, and it. When you're going over that bridge, it is really impressive. Newcastle's science. great. I've only been once with mm. our, our, our cohort member, uh, Tom. Yeah. Uh, Went to go Vic and Bob. And oh, then wow. has not had a night in Newcastle. And it was great. Lovely yeah, city. Yeah. A cracking night out. What are and, things that, uh, yeah, yeah, it's great. It's funny because certain cities, you have certain things that you attribute to them, but then you forget about other elements to them. Like, you know, I've been to Edinburgh for several years, but it wasn't mm. until I had to go to a secret gig at a venue by Portobello that I appreciated. Oh, yeah, that it's on the coast. There are beaches in Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And so a lot of the film, like when they're doing these really nice shots of Newcastle, it's him running along the, the seafront. And again, I just... Because I just kind of associate it with the city and the tune and everything. I don't really mm. think of it as... I, I always associate the seaside or, or the, you know, the the edge of it with, like, you know... Blackpool and, and okay. I suppose Liverpool's the only city I associate with being by the sea. You know, mm. do you get where I'm coming from? I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think that's because we're from Birmingham and yeah, we're yeah, you know so true. far yeah. away from the sea, we don't expect anywhere to have the seaside. We get really excited about you know uh, uh, our canals. That's yeah. what we're all about. <laughs> well, I grew up by the seaside, and now yeah. I didn't appreciate it, and now I miss it all the time. It's like ah. Oh, Sea, <laughs> especially on like days like today where it's 29 bastard degrees yeah yeah it's one of those classic fish out of water he's got he's learning turns like the two mm. geordies uh we find out that stannis is a widower like i say not a lot of women in this world 
Uh, oh yeah, so this is where we see his like all of all of Santiago's training. It seems up to this point is is light jogging. <laughs> yeah, that's all you need. Yeah. At, at this point, he's running along the beach to the first of several Oasis tracks in this film. Yes. Although yes. this seems to be a cover. Although I wondered if it was Noel Gallagher singing. No, this. it's just a it's just a remix yeah. with Noel singing. So. Yeah. Oh, it is Noel. Okay. It's Noel. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's a usually remix, Liam. Yeah. It's Liam that sings "Cast No Shadow" on the album, isn't it? Well, but... if we're going, uh, <laughs> uh, if we are going uh, deep. Uh, when Oasis used to record it, uh, Noel always did all the demos. So there's audios of Noel sense. singing all the demos. Um, so it's just a remix of a demo, basically. Santiago experiences a, of an English fry-up talking to some locals about the tune. I love the simplicity of this, because mm. Scout Guy was like, go on, here's a tenner, go get some breakfast. Yeah. And he must have walked into the first place and saw, ah, breakfast. One <laughs> breakfast, please. <laughs> In that voice. He was trying to be as English as possible. Yeah, exactly. Excuse me, good sir. <laughs> this isn't what footballers eat, and like he's, he reads English, like he can read, you know, yeah. sausages. It's not yeah. a different word in America, <laughs> you know, egg, you know. Well, maybe they were listed as bangers. I don't know. The, the, the... And again, it's why I think this film is based in the seventies or was written in the seventies because, like, you can buy like a fancy wrap or something or some avocados in two thousand and six. So Santiago and Stannis arrive at the ground, the literal ground for training, yeah, 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 yeah. where the manager is there and he kind of blows the pair of them off. And then Gavin turns up late and parks his bus at the corner of the pitch. Yeah, that's how all footballers do it, yeah. I love that. I love the idea The footballers literally drive into the football ground for training. Well, there's four corners on the pitch, so that's why they all have to car share. So at the end of the game, they can all... There's only four cars allowed. (laughs) But then they go to the training ground, which seems to be a country estate. Yeah, this confused me. Yeah, I was like, maybe this was where Newcastle trained at the time. I think so. They would have had grounds. Yeah. Yeah. It's again 2005, so maybe they don't yet have like the state of the art facilities. Like, you know, I don't know when Bodymore Heath was finally completed at Villa, but, you know, it's not where they'd have to share, literally have to share the grounds with some horse riders next to them at one point. (laughs) It's where a murder mystery is supposed to happen, not football training. Yeah, there's definitely been like a Jonathan Creek episode filmed in the back of that. Just a very odd place for a Premier a Premier League football yeah. team to be training. <laughs> it's like it might have been turned into it was like owned by a, a lord in the nineteenth century and now it's a rehabilitation place for yeah, the very yeah. for the very well off who need to get off the, the quality. Like the priory or something, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. the priory, those sort of things. You got Robbie Williams in the background in his <laughs> in <Yes>. dressing gown. <laughs> Santiago immediately gets roughed up when he goes onto the pitch. It's the classic, can't get it done on a wet Tuesday morning in a country manner, not that close to Stoke. They don't like it often, yeah. <laughs> but, it, and it's, this, again, weird me out. So, like, you know, the the centre-half, the defender, was like, right, okay, he's, he's some skillful Mexican uh, LA player. Right, I'm going to kick him. It's like, he's on your team. 
Like, stop, stop trying to break his legs. He plays for you. Well, but this is where we were getting because this is like the reserve team that he's trying to get yeah. into. And again, yeah. it's like this sixties, seventies vision of the reserve team back when a football squad was like twenty-two players in total. Like <laughs> youth team, the what now? We pick him up from the mines and see which one of them can't cough up his lungs after running thirty yards. That's how you made a player in those days. <laughs> he got 200 caps. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there is like some tough initiations, or there used to be. Nowadays, I think the worst thing footballers have to do when they sign for a new club is sing in front of everyone. Yeah, when Arsenal's fight, yeah, that's what Arsenal have to do. Yeah, you have to do a song. Well, Tammy Abraham went viral because he was like, I think he did like a boys to men song basically as well as boys to men. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I always am amazed at that when it turns out like footballers, when footballers try to do something outside of football. It's always a bit odd, you know, yeah, yeah. When, when, you know, Glenn Hoddle and Chris Waddle tried to become an 80s blue-eyed soul duo. Well, they started with the hair and worked backwards. <laughs> Andy Cole they... became a rapper. Did it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, John Barnes had set the pace. True, true. Did you know that they didn't just give it to John Barnes automatically, which in a way I, I kind of appreciate that they I actually had that they recently. players. Yeah. yeah. Because uh, there are recordings now floating around of Peter Pinsley <laughs> and Gasser doing it. I can't. I mean, I just imagine it being Bob Mortimer doing it as Peter Beardsley now, having listened to yes, Atletico yes. Mints. The first time I heard Bob Mortimer doing Peter Beardsley reading jokes from a joke book, mm. I was on a train and I was honestly in tears trying to stop myself from crying <laughs> from from laughing so it was one of the funniest things i've ever heard in my life just yeah uh, i went i went to the video store and i said get out batman forever and they said no you gotta return it <laughs> I, went, I, I, I went i went to the yoga studio and i said uh can i can i go for a session and they said, well, how flexible are you? And I said, well, I can't do Tuesdays. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. Uh, go go check it out. Yeah, it's better <laughs> than this show. But... <laughs> well, we can only discuss about what's yeah. put in front of us. Yes. <laughs> but uh, Santi- what is put in front of us is Santiago not even managing to kick a free kick. He slips and lands on his ass. I mean, I yeah, know that Los Angeles doesn't yeah. get a lot of rain, but he gets it occasionally. Well, this is this is magic rain. Yeah, it, yeah. it doesn't rain the rest of the, the film. Yeah. It's just a big, big button going rain now. And but it's it genuinely ridiculously rain. It's like the water world or something. Yeah. You know. It is one of those worst stereotypes that we English always have when fancy foreigners come over. So mm. yeah, but can they get it done on a wet Wednesday night in Stoke? Yes, they're incredible like, football players. Yeah, when they would have grown up, especially the the young, you know, depending on what country they're in, they'll have been in the shittiest grounds and yeah, pitches yeah. in the world, yeah. and they'll have been able to do it there. I so, mean, you know, the fucking um, Britannia Stadium does not hold a great thing. No, not the place of Rory DeLapp. I remember when, uh, like, in the mid-90s, you know, um, and there was a lot of French players coming over, like Patrick Vieira, Thierry Henry, and Nelka, you know, and they were sort of saying, you know, oh, we're going be able to make it and stuff. I was like, well, yeah, because they grew up playing with no shoes, you know, kicking on these horrible pitches, you know, yeah. in back streets in Paris and stuff. And it's just like, yeah, of course they bloody can. And then they went to this one of these amazing academies that cost billions of pounds. You know? yeah, yeah. Yes, they, they can make it in Stoke, you know. 
like, and another thing that's like the stereotypical Little Englander viewpoint was when they were saying about Santiago about it used to be a lot rougher back in tougher back in the days because they were mm. they were playing whilst working down the mine. No, they weren't. <laughs> the sport got professionalized in the late nineteenth century. And it's been a working-class sport ever since then. Yeah, but this film was written for the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> but then they were saying, and people were, com- and people were, uh, people were earning eight pounds a week. Yeah, back when the standard salary was like one pound a week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone has always complained about how much footballers make, because you know it is a job where you get to make a living running around a field. Mm. But you're very entertaining whilst running around a field, so I don't have any problem with it. And as this film points out, you know, it's a dangerous job to be in that doesn't guarantee a lifetime of success. Or it can't guarantee a lifetime of success. There is a limit to it. There's another training montage, I think, of Santiago prepping, uh, well, playing for the club. But this one to uh, Oasis again. This time uh, it's yes. Acquiesce. Yes, yes. I feel like when the inevitable reunion happens, this will be the first song they that, that they play when they come out together. Because, you know... Noel Gallagher singing, because we need each other, we believe in one another. It will just make so many middle-aged men cry <laughs> so hard. <laughs> hey. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be two of them. I'm not disputing that. They used, did they? No, they used to end. They used to end on Acquiesce. Uh, I thought they opened with Acquiesce a lot of the time. Nineties, they, they used to end on it in the BML tour. Uh, I no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put my nerdy Oasis facts no. onto this podcast. I'm sorry. No, we're not gonna but go yeah. on Setlist FM and find the stats to prove which one of us is right and which one G- of us is wrong. The '97 G- JMX uh, in Manchester, one of the finest uh, con- pop concerts ever, ever, ever recorded. Yeah. <laughs> I think they finished Wacky on that one. But yeah. Well, that was but, around the time they were finishing with Slade's "Come and Feel the Noise" as well. That was the previous one. That wasn't the yeah, Be Now tour. That was the other one. Yeah. yeah. Be Here Now but, tour is when they went fully on coke and like came out of a phone box and stuff on stage <laughs> and had yeah. them Rolls Royce on stage. So, so <laughs> one of the we got was... some money. What are we going to do? Oh, I don't know. It's not coke. <laughs> besides, <laughs> uh, we haven't got to the coke yet in this film. Uh, but the, oh, yes. um, but there is some there. We see them training, but then they do make it clear that this is the res- still the reserves team that uh, Santiago is training with. Because he sees in the distance the likes of Alan Shearer and Jermaine mm. Genus and Lee Bowyer Milner as training, well. Still training together. Jermaine Genus, I tell you this. Oh, he pissed me off with the Euros. Oh, man. I mean, I was so happy when my mate came over for the final because I could just chat to him for the whole m- mm. match and not have to listen to Guy Mowbray and Jermaine Genus. I think Jermaine Genus is okay, but... When he's in commentary, they, it seems like every ex-footballer gets like possessed by the annoyance gene of the league commentator next to them. You know, except for Ali McCoist, he's all right. So yeah, Jermaine Genius, I just thought, just how are you commentating on a final or a semi-final? Mm. <laughs> you know, Jermaine with, Genius with any degree of um, expertise, like you were <laughs> awful player, never did anything. You know? He always comes across to me, Jermaine Genius, as like the head choir boy. You know, oh, okay. yeah. the kid that all the parents liked. You know, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, the one that would help teacher after class. I'm not yes. saying I wasn't yeah. that sometimes yeah. as a young boy, but you know, he probably helps the manager collect all the bibs in after everyone else has gone gone to the shower. Yeah, I can, I can, I can see that. You know, yeah, yeah. If um, <laughs> he's got an apprentice, but he treats him really well. You know, yeah. <laughs> gets him yeah. a Christmas present. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> what an arsehole. <laughs> and he, got, <laughs> he has the... But yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's probably a lovely fella, but an awful commentator. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the reserve teams, like I say, they're all people that look like they're in there. I mean, one of them literally has grey hair. Now, my understanding of the reserves is that is essentially the name for the youth team players that are allowed, like, a contract. That when you see Aston Villa reserves, none of them are able to grow, like, anything close to a... Oh, that's... A moustache at that point. That's totally reminded me. Like, I realised we're talking a lot about football in this episode, which may sort of, you know, um, uh, alienate it's some people who don't. Goal! So, I think that's <laughs> okay. There's an incredible Twitter account called 80s Footballers Aging Badly. <laughs> it's so funny. I used to talk how old people look. Um, and it's people like, you know, 27, and they look haggard. You know? Oh, it's incredible. Go check it out. It's honestly incredible. 80, at 80s Aging. But yeah, 80s Footballers Aging Badly. It's so funny. So at this point, Santiago receives a medical from Anna Friel, doing a decent Geordie accent, I thought. It's okay. Anna Friel is one of those ones where, like, in another world, if she'd have turned up like five to ten years later, she'd have probably been in a Marvel movie by now. She is she this her second appearance in this podcast? Oh yes, because she's uh, she's uh, she's the one in Mad Cows. That's it. Yeah, she's the Australian. She plays an Australian in Mad Cows. So she can do two accents. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Can't do good movies though. By the I thought I thought she was really good in this. To be fair, she's giving him the medical, and at this point, he lies about not having asthma. Well, I don't mean he's like he doesn't say, "Do you have asthma?" No, I don't. He just yeah. absolves himself from saying it. Oh, then we find out that he uh, used to be a gang member. Yeah, that was just thrown in. Yeah. yeah. And there were three rules. The, uh, there were three ways to get out of a, a gang. They were death, jail, or grandmother. Which I do like the idea of. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, man. Where's Carlos gone to? Oh, no. His granny came over and pulled him out by the ear. Ah, oh, damn it. We can't. He's never coming back. <laughs> so this is where Santiago meets the, the lad from Tranmere who's on a six-month trial. That's not how trials work. Yeah. Yeah, that was whenever just I... another, oh, it's, it's fine, all right, just, just, get, just do it, just do it. Also, whenever I hear about a player being on the trial of a club, it never seems to work out. I've never, ever heard of a player going on trial of a club, especially a player that you know. It's like right now Ravel Morrison's on a trial with Derby. It's like, oh, he's okay. not playing for Derby. <laughs> <laughs> well, trials, again, this is so football heavy, and sorry to people who don't like football mm-hmm. listening. But, like, Arsenal had loads of players that we should have signed on trial. Like, uh, we had Zlatan on a trial. And Yaya Toure, but we couldn't get his work permit on a trial. It's like, oh, <laughs> why? And we signed <laughs> other players on trial who were just, you know, useless. I got Stefan Opperson as one. <laughs> so, uh, Santiago gets uh, Billy Big Bollocked off the weightlifting machine yes. by uh, Alan is one line of dialogue in the whole film. Mm. And it is proper, like, alpha male bullying. Cause, although, to be fair, Santiago was using very low weights for that, mm. <laughs> for that leg lift. <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure my mum would lift weights at the level he's But it's going well known on. in LA, they don't have, you know, LA's such a second world. They don't have weights and gyms. <laughs> <laughs> I do like this line coming up. The, uh, I think it's, I don't know who Santiago asks. Oh no, it's the it's the Tranmere lad. He says, "Let's go for a drink." And he says, "How old do you have to be to get a drink?" And the Tranmere lad says, 11. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, 
Also, I mean, like I said, he's 28, so yeah, he's all he's right. A, he's, a, yeah. <laughs> he's a young rapscallion of, of 32 yeah. years old. You know? <laughs> so they're queuing up to get into this Flash nightclub, of which mm. we'll talk about later, but he's, they're not getting in, but Gavin gets, the flashy Gavin gets in without uh, any problems. But then they spot Anna Friel and her friend walking down the street, and they're not going into a tacky club like that, so... Santiago follows her to this pub, and you know it's a classy pub because there's loads of books around the place. Ah, weather <laughs> spoons. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, there's not a lot of them, but the like one of the last lines has the worst example of you know Americans pronouncing Britishisms mm. in in their in their way. Um, but, I mean, you know, being a Brummy, how often you hear it's great to be here in Birmingham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which. Again, you, you can't get ad- angry at them. They're pronouncing it like it's spelled. <laughs> <laughs> we are terrible for that, though. L- Leicester. And <laughs> it's great to be here in Leicester. Yeah, well, it, yeah, it is. And um, Worcestershire. Santiago, ever the classy person, what's the one thing he wants to ask Nurse Anna Friel? Which footballer has the smallest dick? <laughs> yeah it was uh yeah that was weird what do you think medicals are like i don't know what medicals are like but i know what footballers are like which one has which one's got a huge wank <laughs> <laughs> who's packing <laughs> so the boss watches santiago training and he doesn't pass to the boss's frustration mm-hmm. and he teaches him how to pass a very important lesson that one shouldn't be learning as a footballer at the age of 28 but no yeah and, and on trial for a Premier League team. <laughs> So, who, in the, who in this uh, version are about to be in the Champions League. Yeah. <laughs> so dickhead 33-year-old oldest reserve player in the history of reserve players spots mm. <laughs> Santiago's inhaler. Yeah. Uh, Santiago arrives at St. James's Park to watch them play Newcastle United. He watches Gavin and Gavin is not having a good game and he gets subbed off by what seems to be like the first 10 minutes mm. <laughs> But in the end, the the match is won by Cliver scoring a header right at the last minute. And this is one of the things I did like about the film, that they film the footballer football at a more, you know, you're used to it like the, the static, not bird's eye view, but, you know. The from, football from was filmed well, like how they integrated yeah. the actors and the, yeah, real match. Well, what it, <laughs> what it shows you with the closer up action, though, is the pace at which football is played at and yeah. the ferocity. And how hard they are clattering into each other. They do add sound effects to it, but you get the sense of the physicality and the fitness and the suddenness, the way that footballers have to turn so quickly. Because I really like the sound effects. And, like, you know, for the last 18 months, we've had no fans in the stadium. Yes. Yeah. I would have loved it if every time there's a tackle, they just add in a whack. Be better than, you know, 10 second delay and then the appropriate crowd yeah, noise yeah, response yeah. is found on the soundboard so i would have <laughs> they, they had they missed they missed a big window of opportunity uh, last year of no fans just pressing thing, sound effect buttons the thing that bothers me sometimes about the culture of football fans i don't like booing your own team and i wonder if the culture comes from people starting to learn about like managers bollocking players and like the hairdryer treatment and it's like fans thinking that's the way that you motivate players by telling them they're shit yeah i was thinking i would love it though because they never did it i don't think but if one of the soundboard people were like one of those dickhead fans, mm. and so he boot, he put on the loudly the boo sound effects. If the if the home team had had a bad first half, 
Or the I would just like it, you know, when a um, when a cla- when a clown throws a custard pie, is like. <laughs> <laughs> Have fun with it, you know. There's no crowds here. You just do what you want, you know. <laughs> if if they think that one of the players uh, on the other side has gone down a bit too easy, put in like a dive sound. Or <laughs> 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 well, there's a player that it's that Family Guy joke, isn't it? When they're walking behind an uh, overweight person, it's <laughs> a slow winger. Do 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 do. Tell you what. <laughs> Because you don't see that anymore. That's something you don't see, the fat footballer. I remember when I was uh, at the Villa, I saw Mido playing for Middlesbrough. Oh, wow. And I was appalled. I was like, how can... He's not that far off how big I am. Uh, what uh, uh, Willian is not an Arsenal player, has come back from pre-season recently, and he's a little bit overweight. Like, still in great nick. Yeah. But they, and it's all over Twitter and, and things. And like, oh, look how fat he is. Look how fat he is. There's nothing of him. You know, he's got a little bit. He's probably had a big sandwich yeah. before the match. You know? yeah. yeah, he was just breathing out. <laughs> yeah, that's not fat. He's, he's probably, he's knackered. He's just breathing heavily. You know? I think I think people just want an excuse to be angry at Willie. And the... oh, don't get me wrong, he's an awful player. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand him. But, you know. But for Arsenal, he's an awful but player. He's not, but he's not fat, you know. <laughs> I do miss the days though where footballers fill freezes and they would have just you know they would just did fish and chips for every meal for you know like two months and what come is... back and have to run it off. You know? It it is funny though trying to pick out the players that you think are good, which ones are going to let themselves go when uh when the careers are. I mean Wayne Rooney could be a state at some point <laughs> if things if things keep going bad for him on the managerial side, he might try to eat his feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Luke Shaw obviously is a big lad. Naturally. Well, he's just stocky, he's just naturally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can imagine because Jack Wiltshire never seemed to be one that was ca- cared that much for a healthy lifestyle. So maybe he's gonna. Yeah, he was uh, on the fags, wasn't he? Yeah, as well. So yeah, yeah. keeps him trim. Yeah. <laughs> and now he's in Bournemouth. There's a lot of donut and pie shops down there. Oh man, that's the worst. Isn't it? <laughs> Always by the seaside, having an ice cream with a Mister Whippy flake. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Although he's got the best. Thing. Again, I think it's on YouTube, but check it out. Mm. He um, when he's at West Ham for a couple of seasons. He hid in a washing machine and then jumped out on a player. And it's one of the funniest things I've seen. <laughs> They've got like, these great big laundrettes, and obviously. And uh, yeah, when all the kits goes in and he just jumps out on this player. Just... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very funny. Uh, so Santiago bonds with Anna Friel over bad parents or missing parents. In preparation for his game for the reserves, he's been picked for the reserves team. He drops his inhaler before the match and it is stamped on Yes. by the bad guy 33-year-old reserve team player. Who's on his side. <laughs> <laughs> like, he wants to win. <laughs> yeah. So, it, it he's subbed off after a terrible game because, I, again, I mean, I've never had asthma, t- you know, touch wood. Mm, yeah. But is it literally if you don't use an inhaler when you feel like it you're going to be out of breath from the start or is it like i don't know maybe it was i only know time. inhalers from kids from school and yeah there's like they're coughing a lot then they have their inhaler and they're fine and then this is amazing yeah. though. how is like what seems like just someone like what if he opened his mouth and i just blew into it would that have done the same job I, 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 i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna say no yeah probably not <laughs> i mean i'm no doctor but I'm going to say You're no. You're not. <laughs> hey, if Anna Friel can be a nurse, you can be a doctor. <laughs> but yeah, it is just magic. It's just a magic thing. And yeah, I don't, I don't understand it though. So, so Santiago, he's lost he's, his contract. His one-month contract is up. He screwed up and he's not going to be able to play. Yeah. Uh, and what 
Uh, also, this is a professional football outlet. Uh, don't have an inhaler in their medical facilities. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, he would have had to admit that they needed an inhaler True. and he was trying to hide it. But what I do love, because this is one thing, cause like, again, it's not usually premiership football teams on the verge of qualifying for Europe that bring in little-known 27-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> Americans off the word of one scout. But uh, I do love that Stannis, I, again, this is the thing I can see is a cutscene because he does say, you could just trial for another team. You know? <laughs> because in my mind, the, the cutscene of this is him going, you can find another team. Sunderland is just down at... No! <laughs> <laughs> Well, again, this was... I mean, we, we brushed past it anyway. He's like, they, when they brought him over initially for the trial, there was like, oh, well, well, you called me at three o'clock. What are you expecting? That's not a serious thing. Oh, come on. He's come from LA. Yeah, go on. He's got a month. <laughs> That's not how it works. You know? <laughs> oh, got, oh, he, oh he's, he's travelled. Oh, okay then. <laughs> you know? To be fair, I can actually see Mike Ashley quite liking this idea. As we can pay him how much? Ah. <laughs> a free transfer user. <laughs> can we get that free transfer on loan? <laughs> yeah. Look, look, Mike, admittedly, whilst you were signing the contract, you were vomiting into a fireplace at the same yes. time. Yeah. But a contract is a contract. So Santiago cheers himself up by semi-forcing himself on Anna Friel. She doesn't seem that keen at the start. But yeah, check. he goes in for a kiss, and she's like, mm, "No," <laughs> and then he goes back in. She's like, "Yeah, fine, yeah. go on then." Right. Uh, well, he's, come, Gavin... he's come from LA, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he came all this way. Yeah, he's just—he's—he's he's got on his own. He's back on his inhaler, you know. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> uh, Gavin, meanwhile, is oversleeping post threesome, mm-hmm. and he needs a taxi to get to the ground and. Yep. Just so happens Santiago is also in the taxi getting ready to travel back home. Uh, Pre-lift. There's no Ubers. He's picked up and dropped off at the ground. And Gavin, this feels like this was where some big heart-to-heart bonding scene happened. That we didn't see. And it's a two-hour film, so there was time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But to be fair, as we find out later, they cut out all of Stephen Graham's lines in this film. So... But I think this is meant to be pivotal because then for the rest of this film, his allegiance is kind of switched from Stannis to Gavin. Yeah. They become best mates. Yeah, yeah. But Gavin goes into the office with Santiago, with the boss, and explains about the inhaler and says he should be given a chance. And, yeah, that that leads to him getting to play another game against QPR Reserves. Mm-hmm. Uh, he scores a goal that the keeper should have saved. I'll say this right now. <laughs> That was a bad move on the keeper. All right, Jermaine Jenis, calm down. <laughs> um, what does he do? Picks the ball about the net and yep. starts running to the halfway yep. point. I'm all for modest footballers. We're not, not doing over, over um, elaborate celebrations, but come on. Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> at least Shearer puts an arm in the air. Exactly. He, doesn't the arm, exactly. he doesn't put the arm around the ball and bring it back in and force, <laughs> the team, and force your own team to keep Unless you're 7-0 down, you know. <laughs> Or you, or you one nil down. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. well, one nil down makes more sense. I always love that actually when they do try to pick the ball out of the net and the goalie's having none of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, mine. But I just got a goal. <laughs> In the net, it's my my ball now. It's not. <laughs> so oh. finally, the the dickhead teammate who 
genuinely sabotaged him. Tries to break his legs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now likes him because his sister fancies. Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. One month on, and he has a contract, and he's living with Gavin. Mm-hmm. This is where we see the takeaway pizzas, and like I said, I'm halfway to being a pro. Yeah. So that gives it away that it was that and not the knickers. <laughs> Um, and Gavin takes Santiago into that flashy club. And then after that, Santiago gets called up to the first team squad mm-hmm. for the first game that he'll be get to witness on the subs bench. He's got an inhaler this time, so he's fine. Yep. Which is them against. And this is where we get my favourite American pronunciation of an English term. Mm-hmm. He's playing against full ham. Oh, nice. <laughs> A full ham. A That's very what big pig. <laughs> <laughs> we find out that there's an Irish bar in LA with lots of Geordies in them. Yeah, this one confused <laughs> me. Yeah, yeah. Amongst whom is Brian Johnson, lead singer of ACDC. Oh, really? That's who the guy with the fat Oh, wow. Okay. Because he's, uh, well, I don't know if he's a Geordie or if he's from Gateshead, but he's from the Northeast. Oh, okay. So that's good enough, I suppose. And so this is like the hot spot. I guess it, I guess the Irish bar will get more, you know, footfall t- uh, attention than the Geordie bar would in, in LA. You know? See, because what I didn't get because there was Geordies in there, and I knew it wasn't, but I thought they would. Uh, I, spoiler alert, I wasn't paying much attention. Um, <laughs> but I thought the dad had flown over, you see. Yeah, yeah. Because it didn't really make sense why there's unexplained Geordies in the middle of LA, you know. It should have been the cast from Alveda's own pets. Yes, yes. They were in LA doing a job. We make yeah. the best bridges in the world, Lake. We're going to make another one here in LA. <laughs> but Dad goes to see him. Yeah, yeah. Not very... first, time we... first time we've seen him play. Yeah, and he finally becomes proud of him. Mm. You know, that classic one. Santiago gets subbed on for Asher D from the So Solid crew. <laughs> Uh, who, again, I think like Stephen Graham, he must have had lines of dialogue because he yeah. was an actor. At this yeah, point. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he still is to this day. Yeah, how uh, can a film have Stephen Graham in and not use him? <laughs> but to be fair, I think this is pre This Is England, which was really the film that turned mm. Stephen Graham into like the the actor. Although he had done Gangs of New York already, so he's already on Scorsese's radar. I've just finished um, Broadwalk Empire. Actually, he's superb in oh, that. As Al Capone, yeah, he's superb. Yeah. yeah, I think he's just. I mean, you know, he was in The Irishman, and he's literally in scenes with Al Pacino mm. and Robert De Niro, and he's holding his own against them. Which is, you know, you can't you can't do any better than that, really. Can yeah. You? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're not going to get to do a lot of him in Best and Worst of British because he's usually in good films yeah, because true. he's in them. And so they're like, well, let's just cut every line of dialogue he has in this film. We want to make it good, for God's sake. <laughs> so he gets brought, Santiago gets brought down for a penalty. And this is where you literally texted me in anger. <laughs> <laughs> it was an easy watch until this moment. <laughs> because stepping up to take the penalty for Newcastle United... In 2005? <laughs> <laughs> ...is not Alan Shearer... Their 245 goal scoring all time record <laughs> holder, who had an amazing record of penalties. It's, I mean, I, I going on these. Well, it meant to me that the squad is quite depleted, so yeah. I assume yeah. that like Shearer must have been injured, so wasn't oh, okay. or, or have been subbed off or whatever. But uh, it's weird now. Shearer would never have been at Newcastle now if Shearer had started now. Oh, he'd be, he, not, well, he was supposed to go to United, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the big what if, I suppose, if he'd have gone to United, either in 
93, which I think was when he went to Blackburn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or 96 when he went to Newcastle. What could have been? He would have won a Champions League with United. Oh, easy. I don't doubt that yeah. for a second. Because um, they would have signed him rather than Andy Cole, I suppose. Well, oh, no, no, because they must have had Cole before then. Because it was because Cole was at United when Shearer went to Newcastle. Oh, okay. of course he was, yeah. yeah. So I guess they would have reunited them or maybe sold Cole on. Rather than or, Dwight York, you know. maybe, I suppose. Yeah, we wouldn't have had the York-Cole yeah. partnership. We might have had the York-Shearer partnership. That would have been an interesting mm. combo. Yeah. <laughs> my mom, my mom always had this thing about Villa players. It was like, yeah, but whenever they leave Villa, they they never get as big again. You know, you look at Gareth Southgate went to Middlesbrough, never was quite the same. Or Hugo when he went to Middlesbrough was never the same. Mm. And he was, I mean, look at Dwight York. What happened when he left? I said, Mom, he won the treble in his first <laughs> season. <laughs> You're just repeating that to yourself because uh, Jack might be off on you. <laughs> You're saying that every night. Oh, <laughs> God. I don't know. I don't know. I could genuinely see Jack slightly not working at a bigger club. I think he might be a player that needs to be the, you know, Billy Big Bollocks, the guy who can lift the most weights in the in the weight room. Okay. I think that's one of the reasons why Shearer did kind of like it at Newcastle, weirdly. Possible. Um, what I do like is they have Gavin take a smart-ass penalty. Yeah, because that wasn't as common a thing back in two thousand five. Now every other fucking penalty they're doing a little shoot. Oh, shot the little chip over the, yeah, yeah, the little ball, you yeah. know. Fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't like to think about penalties right now. <laughs> it still hurts. <laughs> uh, but Santiago gets bollocks once again for not passing the ball. Mm. Again, twenty-seven years old should have learned it by now. <laughs> <laughs> but his dad didn't want him to be a footballer, you know, uh, to learn well, from the well, ground. His off. dad's proud now. Yeah, He's proud yeah. of his son. Santiago celebrates by going to this London nightclub mm. where we see everyone that they could possibly oh, get gosh, for one yeah, at yeah. evening shoot. This was another text. She was like, how the fuck have they got these people on? <laughs> Yeah, it's just like it's... a normal looking pub. I mean, it's supposed to be not pub. It's like a nightclubby bar yeah, yeah. thing, uh, trendy. Give it enough lights, you can convince yourselves. Yeah, it's sort of trendy give it enough thing. Lights and, then... and give enough champagne flutes around to yeah. people there. But then David Beckham turns up yeah. um, for some reason. Who's then sit, as well? Who starts speaking to this guy after one substitute appearance in yeah, Premier League? My notes. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, what he said was, "Carry on playing like you did for five minutes against Fulham, and you'll be playing for Real Madrid." Yeah. <laughs> and then Zinedine Zidane is there, and Raúl, <laughs> and Raúl. Yeah. The amazing. What's amazing about Raúl? He was a god for Real Madrid, and he had a goal scoring record of like yeah, yeah. a goal every other game, and that was basically made him the top goal scorer in Real's history. And then Cristiano Ronaldo comes along. And I think he's genuinely... He, he averaged over a goal a game. So he made was, Raul look like, you know, he's fucking... There was some stat that he got so many hat-tricks out of so many games. And it was one in eight games he got a hat-trick. That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> Am I misremembering? Or did Raul do that thing that you tried to do as a schoolboy? Which was get the ball, like, squeeze... Hold the ball with your, both your feet and then jump up in the air and try and... <laughs> I could have sworn Raul literally did that in one game. He probably almost certainly did, yeah. So, also in this nightclub with Sven Goran Eriksson, David Beckham, Zinedine Zidane, and Raul, mm. is lots of cocaine, by the looks of it. Yeah, it's just a. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And four women in lingerie lying in a bed waiting for someone to turn up. <laughs> it was not David Beckham. They no. tried to hide their disappointment. So they shove uh, Santiago onto the bed and take a photo of him. And then we see a depressed wag turn up. 
and go walk back down the stairs. We find out afterwards that it's Gavin's partner, who I don't think we've seen at any other time in this film. I think she was shot briefly with the aid with his agent, but I mean Maybe. it's not like yeah. yeah, she was barely yeah mentioned. So Santiago gets bollocked by the boss for this tabloid expose, and Anna Friel is all pissed off with him. Well, she uh, had said he... right at the start, you know, these footballers come along, they're nice young yeah. kids, and then they become monsters when the money kicks in. That's what he's become. Oh no. I don't think yeah. he's had his first pay slip come no, through. Yet. This is it, yeah. He's on a free trial, you know. Yeah. He's not got paid. He's got one one substitute appearance and he won a penalty, yeah. you know. And then it turns out that his mate from Tranmere's had a career ending injury, which you didn't you don't really have at this point as much. Yeah, like, yeah. But I mean he was he was of... he was forty two, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> He didn't have long in them, in them legs to begin with. Yeah, he'd been on he'd been on a seventeen year trial. Yeah, and it yeah. just didn't quite work out at the end. He started playing in the late eighties. You know, <laughs> I've got one. Of, I've got a card of him in that book. I was talking about. Uh, so uh, Gavin kicks Santiago out of his flat for hitting him with a few too many home truths. Because you're saying, and... oh, you're not training well. These are the best years yeah. of our lives. Yeah, it's it's and... The whole film is such a cliche, but yeah, yeah. this is... Well, uh, yeah. I mean, you want to get to a cliche, we really need the kid to be depressed now. What do we do? Kill off a parent. Yep. Kill off a parent. Yeah. <laughs> They didn't even do the hint of that, you know. They hadn't done the old, old yeah. They, they, just, what, they, I, they, what they should have done really is dad was in the bar looking proud, and then oh, oh, touch the arm, touch the shoulder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been amazing, actually, if his goal, if his free kick had been what triggered it. In a way, the dad had it coming. He died. He died of proudness. <laughs> But that's the thing, Santiago gets told and then decides, ah, fuck dad. He was, yeah. <laughs> that did surprise me. Well, his grandma's <laughs> like, nah, don't bother coming. Yeah. <laughs> You're right, he was a bit of a tosser. Why, should, why shouldn't I come? Because we've only got ten minutes left. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't got time to put you in this film again. Yeah. <laughs> they won't pay for his flight. Do you realise yeah. how many champagne flutes we had to buy for that bar? <laughs> <laughs> David Beckham took all the money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He charged us a million pounds per word of dialogue. Yep, yep. And he insisted on cutting it down because he couldn't read it all. He couldn't remember it all. (laughs) Oh, I love this. Again, he proves his point about how angry he is and how up he is for this next game to his boss by kicking a ball into an open net. Yes, that's how it works. That was was the thing. Santiago, I think, more than Gavin, at moments came across as borderline acceptable for a footballer when he was running with the ball in the game. Mm. He, looked, he looked more like an athlete than Gavin does. But still, when he kicks a ball, he can't get it higher than... like. That's it. Points. It's really... It's, it's a grass cutter, isn't it? It's, <laughs> it's just rolling on quite slowly as well. Yeah, it's it's just ball kicked very, very slowly into a very big net <laughs> with, no, with no oppositional keepers. Yeah. <laughs> He says he doesn't know where home is anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I did write this out, actually, because uh, it, it must be... I can't remember who he said it to. I think it might be Anna Friel. So, yeah. I don't know where home is anymore. Yeah, you do. It's green and has goalposts at each end of it. Oh, no, you found out I sleep in the park. <laughs> <laughs> After Gavin kicked him out. Oh, so this is where he's practicing at St. James's Park for the next big game. 
And this was really bothering me because he was doing like the David Beckham thing, taking free kicks. But when yeah. David Beckham did that, he put up those fucking wall things, you mm. know, the, the human-sized barriers. He also, I dare say, when David Beckham was practicing after hours, it wasn't in the middle of the pitch the night before a game. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it was on the training ground in, you know, some Manchester in Manchester, <laughs> mansion in <laughs> <at> Manchester. <laughs> yeah. The groundskeeper is going to be furious. Yeah. <laughs> How did you get in here? Well, there was a big hole in the stadium well, where it... Gavin drove his car yeah, into the exactly. place. <laughs> so, yeah, he finds out he's going to be playing first team starting 11 for the game against Liverpool at home. Oh, this was, this one got me laughing. This is their main rivals, Liverpool. Their main... What? <laughs> two, two, four, three results don't make a great rivalry, mate. Okay. They're bigger rivals with Aston Villa nowadays than they are with Liverpool. Yeah, it's, it's like, yeah. Come on, coming up next, the classic rivalry: Derby County against Tottenham. <laughs> <laughs> we play in white. No, we play in white. <laughs> yeah, but it, again, it's they're both northern cities. The north is all the yeah. same for this movie. <laughs> you know, it could be Manchester. It could be Newcastle. It could be Scotland. You know. In fairness, so, I suppose know. in America, like the distance between. Newcastle and Liverpool mm. probably is as far as like most it, local rivals. It's your morning are. commute, you know, it's <laughs> 200 miles or whatever. This is one of the things that bother me as well. They don't do good casting on the players that aren't like when they when, sometimes they'll catch the real players, but then they mm. just cast random extras as the other players. And well, that they was, don't get yeah. they're never impressive physical specimens, you know, like. The Liverpool team that's walking through the the tunnel with the with the other with the Newcastle side, like Razor Ruddock looks more like an athlete than any of these players. Razor Ruddock well, today looks more like an athlete <laughs> than these players. Well, that was that was because they had the Liverpool team of well, yeah, which was the extras all walking through. But then when they want the pictures like Steven Gerrard and you know yeah. all these the actual Barrow. footballers, like, you could have at least got people with similar haircuts, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's <just> like... <laughs> the, the one player who scores for Liverpool is Milan Barosh, who was great. But he had really long hair. They didn't even have a player with long hair. That was very distinctive, yeah. and he's about to score a goal. You know? yeah. But this is the problem, though. Like, like this, again, into, into cuts, and more so than, than the Fulham game or the mm. uh, Chelsea game. They're trying to bring Santiago and Gavin into the film. Like, some of it's clearly green screened or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's done well, though. And it's, not, it's done well enough, but the problem is you just see. This is how footballers move. This is how two actors who are in OK Nick and yeah. have done a couple of weeks of training move. And it's just night and day. I think now maybe it's more possible that you can do this because deep fake technology, you could probably just plaster their faces on an actual footballer and okay. it would look just about convincing enough, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. But this was still, it was just like some of the most highly skilled athletes in the world and then just suddenly some, oh it's Jim the local fiver side <laughs> he's whipped in a half decent cross for him <laughs> go go <laughs> so, so Newcastle so, score yeah Newcastle score Santiago's had nothing to do with it as well for the longest yeah. period he doesn't seem to have just walked around if he's not got the ball he doesn't know what to do that's the, I guess that's because no one ever passes to him maybe he's figured sure. no one I, I shouldn't pass to anyone else that's because um, he's scared that his own, his own teammate is going to try and break his legs again. <laughs> so at this point, I think it's two all. 
because Gavin volleys an equaliser from Santiago Cross. And Newcastle need to win to get into the Champions League. Yep, yep. They need maximum points. We were told this yes. from like months ago. Yeah. I mean, everyone needs maximum points. That's the point. That's the point of the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's a free kick, and Gavin calls Santiago to do it. And then Santiago freaks out. Who are these people standing right in front of me when I'm trying to kick the ball? There's someone they can't do that. There's someone standing between that empty net. <laughs> <laughs> How am I going to pick the ball out of the net? He won't let me. <laughs> but of course, he, he does a little prayer, kisses his cross. So yeah, he scores the winner. Full time's called. Grand calls from the Irish bar where they've been watching the game as well and they found out that her father had been at the game. Mm. It's like, Santiago, Gran, you won't believe it. What? The bloke from ACDC here. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> but he told me about, he met your father. And this is so weird. Like, this is the payoff to yeah, the film. Yeah, yeah. That he says, he yells out to Stannis, you know how I played against Full Ham? That was the moment when he yeah, said it was yeah. Full Ham. It's literally F-U-L-L, long space, <laughs> capital H-A-M. <laughs> Uh, Dad watched Friel. it. Yay! Yay. <laughs> Anna blows him a kiss, and that's the end of the film. Right, let's go in Gavin's car. It's in the corner. Can't <laughs> time to go home. <laughs> yeah, Gavin literally runs. Like, <laughs> yeah, he knocks him off. He's there revving up. Vroom, 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 vroom. Come on, get off that phone. Come on, I've got, I've got to make it before the fans get out. <laughs> He's literally driving up the steps to get out that way, like knocking, <laughs> knocking Liverpool fans off left and right. <laughs> To be fair, he did get his tyres nicked earlier on true, in the film. True, true. So, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, so this is the film. That was the film. I, mean, I think we were both saying, I didn't hate this film. It was an easy like watch, it. to be fair. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, I it mean, could it, have been sh- it's... Well, I was going to say it could have been shorter, but then we were complaining about Stephen Gray yeah. not having any lines. But yeah, I, mean, I think he tried to cram too many things into it. It was like a rags-to-riches story. It was meant to be an epic football story. You also had a whole story about his best mate and his... You know, his guy in, in uh, his trait, the, the fellow mm. trialist from Tranmere and Stannis Baratheon and all these other characters and the manager trying to keep things together. It, it crammed too many things into one film. I think it had to concentrate on one thing. I mean, dare I say this. For, yeah, it was all right. I didn't mind it in the slightest. It was a bit. Well, I gave it a four out of ten. when I was, Yeah, I'd like, probably give it that as well. Um, it's no virtual sexuality, obviously. <laughs> But it, it could have been... Um, it was decent. It could it have was... been better. It didn't feel like a definitive football film. I don't think it embraced what makes football beautiful and unique. Yeah. It could have been a script for, like, you know, baseball or swimming mm-hmm. or boxing. And they just yeah, it could have, yeah, it could have been any other sport, place. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So it doesn't embrace enough... They, they'd have those moments, like, talking about what was unique about Newcastle being the one city club, one club that was, like, that three seconds of a two-hour film. Yeah, yeah. You know? it's, like, little things yeah. that, that just, there wasn't enough, or, like, name-dropping Jermaine Defoe. Mm. But, and also, I think it's, I think one of the things that doesn't help it now is it kind of represents maybe a period of football that we don't look upon very fondly, that mid-noughties, very flash, the first sense mm. of, like, footballers as brash, arrogant, you know, the David Beckhamization of football. Yeah. You know, well, if, if Beckham was the, the right first, the I mean, he wasn't the first millionaire yeah. footballer, obviously, but he was the first mega rich footballer. And that's when they started getting, you know, sort of 30 yeah. grand a week. Beckham was probably on 40 yeah. grand a week when he was at United, whereas yeah, now yeah. a reserve tee, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like there's a great player at Arsenal, uh, Emile Smith-Rowe, who's, he, he looks like, he looks like he's going to be great, but he's 21 yeah. years old, 20, 21 years old. He's played 20 games and he's going to be on 100 grand a week. 
you know it's, it's just <laughs> this is just stuff it's mega rich it is, is that that's yeah now, that's another thing know? that yeah, yeah that is another thing that makes it sticks out because like now football is very very youth driven it mm. seems like it's all about producing as much great youth academy players as possible and blooding them into the first team. And if they don't get blooded in by the time they're 17, they go off to Borussia Dortmund yeah. to do yeah. it. <laughs> you know? Whereas um, this is like, yeah, it's... I mean, like, he is meant to be like 19, 20, but the actor mm. is clearly not that age. And he's not charismatic enough. I don't think he's bad. And like I said, I think he looks more the part of a sportsman as an athlete than, especially Gavin. Yeah, but. Yeah. I just don't. There's not. There's not enough charisma coming from him. He's too much of an empty vessel. There's not. There's not enough. Like, does he enjoy the flashiness or doesn't he? But, you know, we don't get enough of either way. To give you know? the well, to give the film slightly bit of credit, which is something I never do on this podcast. So, you know, is it because they had the trilogy in mind that he's going to go off to yeah. be this? Uh, you know, oh, fine. Well, <laughs> good. <laughs> but we'll, we'll get to those two, especially goal three. I'm looking forward. We'll to. get to those. I mean, look, we'll get to those look in about up the trailer. Three years time. <laughs> no, no, no! I would like to do them both before the World Cup oh, okay. next that's fair. time. So that's we've got eighteen months, but yeah, but that's like, like two them. episodes for us at the moment, isn't it? Let's be <laughs> honest. <laughs> oh, Tom's going to continue insisting on having a life. Yeah, how that's, dare he have a life? <laughs> I mean, we're going to have to do something about it. Like, yeah. We're going to have to plot something. <laughs> we should do like that guy. You know, throw him, throw him in front of four bikini-clad ladies on a bed. <laughs> take a photo, sell it to the sun. <laughs> Yeah, but it was it was fine. Like it, it wasn't yeah, it wasn't great, but it was but it, it was absolutely fine. It was yeah. it wasn't a tricky watch. I, it was uh, yeah, uh, yeah I, I enjoyed it enough to be fair. I wouldn't say I enjoyed it. I, I I still dream of the great football film coming out. Well, Damn United was the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But one that's like about football. I don't. I can't see how no one's tried to make a proper Rocky film in that you do it like some football team in the ninth tier manages to reach the yeah, FA Cup third round happen, and they're drawn though. against there's, the there's, there's very few dreams in football. Yeah, yeah but that's one that's I mean, would, no one minds If they were to do that, it would be about Greece in 2004 when they won the year first. You know? Yeah, but the, I don't think anyone particularly likes that Greece well, this, side. this is the thing. You know, it would be awful football. You know? Well, Jamie, Jamie Vardy genuinely could be an interesting yeah, one. The yeah, guy yeah. who didn't literally had to have a job. Although Tyra Mings has also mm. had that story as well. But even then... He did still then become a professional player by the time he was 19. Well, Ian Wright was... Yeah, yeah I think he was... T- yeah, Ian Wright was... 26, yeah. I think, when he made his professional debut. He was quite getting on. When he signed for Palace, I, I, I think he was... Yeah. Because yeah. he signed, for Arsenal. He signed a, for Arsenal at 30. So. Yeah. There'll be a film obviously made about the Leicester team mm-hmm. that won the league, but that will probably more likely end up being a documentary like that not Brian Clough yes. one. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing that film and thinking it's such a shame that Nottingham Forest are the last team that will do this and then Leicester... I mean, they didn't win the league, mm. Champions League. But they did actually... They lasted the longest out of all the teams the next season. I think They, they did well, didn't they? Yeah. But that was without Ranieri as well, which was sad. True. But, um, but that, so that gives you hope still to this day. And obviously, we've just come from a heartbreaking... <laughs> but, but ultimately... I mean, the Euro 96 lot must be so pissed off because like, all of their after-dinner speeches... Those gigs are going to be halved within a couple well, of that, years' time when Carl Walker's returns. As much as, <laughs> as much as I was, you know, annoyed and sad by it, I had put a bet on Italy right at the start, so I, I won yeah. a little bit. <laughs> I had Italy down to win it. I, I, I mapped it all out in my office predictions. Uh, okay. 
Um, I'd put I'd put a bit a little bit of cash on this at least a win and then it came off. So I was like, yeah. well, well think, I'm not I'm yeah. not overly sad, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we've kind of said what how we'd make it better. Say something nice about. I mean, it. yeah, I mean, you said there was sort of lots of little plots and things, but it was the simplest plot I think we've ever done. You know, yeah. on for this for this uh, show. We so still, I think they were, they we still managed to adding. make this over an hour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, without doubt. But they were, yeah, they were obviously adding stuff because, like, well, this is just too simple. Mm. <laughs> you know, let's yeah. chuck in a player yeah. to retire. Let's chuck in a fret, you know. Yeah. Well, let's wait at some point and hopefully with Tom involved. And also, Tom has promised to watch this film before we do our end of year wrap up. Uh, yeah. And he might record a little mini review. And if so, we'll add that as a bonus oh, episode good, yeah. on, this, yeah. on this feed. But we will be back with Goal 2. I think they're calling it Living the Dream. That one is a subtitle, oh, okay. but my the subtitle I wrote for our WhatsApp group was goal to please try to forget that the Galacticos actually didn't win a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but before then, there's time for... Hey, you! Don't watch that! Watch this! So, I saw this film at the cinema when it came out, and I haven't seen it since then. It's a film from 2000, so I might try and do it as an episode of my other podcast, 21st Film where I'm looking at films from the year 2000. It is a working-class kitchen sink drama about two teenage boys who are sort of terabouts, don't go to school, but they're obsessed with Newcastle United and trying to get tickets to see them. And it does also include a cameo from Alan Shearer. So I felt like I had to go with this. It's purely Belter. Okay. And it's actually on Amazon Prime Video I just saw, I believe. So I think you can watch it through there. It has two child actors, but it has a few in, uh, good little like actors you'll recognise. It's got Lewis from Inspector Morse and, and Lewis. Does it have um, Stephen um, Graham not saying a single word? No, it doesn't. <laughs> I will only but watch a football have... film if he's in it without... He didn't say a word in Damned United, did he? Like, you know, or very uh, few. Very had, like, few. One or two. That was, again... Yeah. That, I mean, we, we had a go at the... You know, the <laughs> The American playing the flashy footballer in this movie. But fucking hell, I think a 45-year-old Stephen Graham was supposed to be playing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the captain of the league championship inside of Again, I know they lived a rougher life in the 70s, but... <laughs> like I say, big shout-out for 80 football, 80s footballers aging badly. Check it out. <laughs> 80s footballers aging badly. That's your recommendation? It is, but, yes. Because you really, you're not really on the socials anymore, but if people do want to get in yeah. touch with you somehow... Other than eighties, uh, no, just no. I'm, I'm not really. I'm just. A, I've just kind of. I used to use the socials for comedy, and now I've stopped doing gigs. Mm. It's like, yeah, I'll, I just read the football rumors, transfer <laughs> rumors, and that's about it, really. <laughs> so uh, they can't know. Contact me through uh, this. All, all I want. <laughs> yeah. My name's Lorcan Munn, and that's L O R C A N A for Arsenal, N for Newcastle. That's my Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, letterbox. We put at gmail.com at the end of it. That's my email address. Uh, you can follow the show online as Bowob Pod, and our email address is Podcast at gmail.com. I'll also give a shout out. Um, I'm not doing it anymore, but uh, Tom is. Uh, the Kamikaze Club uh, Knights are coming back. Uh, they'll come back to Birmingham in um, the Grey Lantern in the centre of town and the 1000 Trades the venue we ran for for years and now Tom's running on his own go and check out the Kamikaze Club on Facebook and Twitter and all that and there'll be details when they're starting I believe they're starting September well this week we spent all this episode and thank you Michael for joining us again Uh, hopefully we'll be back at our full starting three (laughs) <laughs> for the next Three episode, aside. Yeah. which yeah. is the 
horror film. This comes from this is a Tom recommendation and a Tom hosting episode, so he better turn up for it. <laughs> we are going to the year 2007, only two years later, for the British horror film The Devil's Chair. But there's nothing left to say at this point except that we just spent the last hour or so mocking a film with the people wrote, directed, put on show, like gave her innovative ways of filming football, really passionate people with various talents. Not all of them the ones they were assigned in this film, <laughs> but that's, that's, that's by the by. <laughs> Today, I was so annoyed that... Where I was sitting in my office, I seemed to be surrounded by the smell of sewage. Oh, nasty. But then when I asked people nearby how they were dealing with the smell, they said, what smell? <laughs> and I have been very paranoid ever since. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We'll see you again very Thank soon. Thank you very much. Full ham.